Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. For those who don't know me, my name is Fela J. Obala, Her Royal Highness. <laughs> um, I've been coming here a couple of months in and out, though this is not my home church. My home church is Nairobi Chapel Long Road. <laughs> so, um, what is our link? Uh, when Esther spoke on Children's Sunday, she spoke about um, children, uh, let me say children with disabilities, yeah, and understanding them and caring for them. While I am a child with a disability, um, I live within the spectrum, not the spectrum So um, I, I have lived for 31 years with traits of uh, autism and um, I also live with epilepsy. We call it refractory epilepsy, meaning it cannot be cured. So you just live with it. So when Esther spoke um, and she was giving all this and uh, her dreams about Mora and what she wants to happen to Mora. And I was like, hey, I am a living testimony. It happens, 31 years, so it happens. Awesome, uh, and we'll get deeper into that. So, Fela, Fela, yes, yeah, sorry, Fela. Hey, me, Akibar will just be a quick gentleman. So, Her Royal Highness, Fela, uh, <laughs> As you know, like she's a living testimony, um, and you know sometimes we look at children with disabilities, and we have this thing in our minds that they look a certain way, or you know they behave in a certain way. And here she is, um, you know, as an adult. Um, so there are different ways. But Esther, for those who perhaps missed out on children Sunday, <laughs> please, I know, una felika una repeat, but just repeat too. <laughs> repeat. How, um, you know, how it was, I mean, what, what led you to find out that Mora, Mora is her daughter, for those who perhaps don't know, um, that she has autism. Um, what, you know, what are those signs or things that you looked out for, or perhaps you didn't even know? Hello. Hi. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Esther Shaw. Today, I don't know why Mora has not come, <laughs> but I was <laughs> She's the girl with crazy dreadlocks, always walking at the altar all the time, eh? <laughs> and stealing Esther's guitar <laughs> and adding notes into the music. So um, I discovered Mariah is autistic by accident. So she grows up well. She's sitting. She's blabbing. Ba 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 ba. You know. Never called my mama, mama, but but after a year or from nine months when you expect your child to now add mama to the baba, <laughs> she didn't, and then she went very quiet, and all she did was take crayons and color like the whole house in minutes. Tunatoka asubui walls are clean. Tunarudi jioni, the whole house, sitting room, corridors, toilet, colored kabisa. I'm like, ha, unatoka kitabu mama, you know. 
we give her a book. She goes outside, she doesn't play with anyone. She'll leave her nanny to go to Aka Cafe and stands there. She's just picking leaves. And my husband would make fun and tell me, no, no, only Juna Majani Sana. I'm daughter, it's in the DNA of the child. And we laugh. We go to functions, she's scared, and she's always on my hip. In fact, my grandma used to call her, oh, my kutelea, naka handbag kako, because she's always there on my hip. But we thought she's attached, she's like a baby, all those things you think about. But what worried me most, she didn't speak. So I started getting concerned. I started going to hospital to check why is my child not speaking. And you know what you're told by other people? Ah, siata mtoto wanania lika, lichelewa, ay, wachata, wewe, uwoge, araka, you know, kujaona mtoto wa sister yako, kujaona all those things. Ay, give the child time, nia mumuogeleshi mbani, peleka mtoto shule. Now we are approaching almost two years. I got really concerned, I took her to Gertrude, and I was told she has fluid in her ears. And they asked me, does she, to, uh, does she hear? Yeah, my child hears, because you would call her, she'd ignore you, but akiwa uko bedroom, askia katlin, atakujambiyo, you know those traits, eh? Kuna hako kawimbo uo mtoto umeshkili hako, hako tu, no matter what they are doing, atakama alikuwa analia, Coco Melon, dun dun so I'm like, yes, my child hears. And I'm so convicted that my child can hear. But doctor says, you know, there is fluid. And gives me this nice explanation, you know, the eardrum marks with vibrations. So if you vibrate something in water and you vibrate it in porridge, does it do the same frequency? So speech comes from hearing. So we go through surgery and all that. We are put on therapy and it's crazy. She doesn't want to attend. She can't settle. So I see a child um, neuro, neurologist and he tells me, now your child has autism. I'm like, what now? What is that? So Mimi, Google, pop. Hey, I'm like, no. These things, I knew of autism on the extreme. Like fella has said, it's a spectrum. Eh? So the beginning goes to the middle and goes to the very high functioning, to the low functioning, to the severe and the mild kind of autism. So I started checking what is this autism. That's how I learned. So I learned that autism is a spectrum, like Kara uh, has said, and it's, it's a disorder that affects your ability to socialize, to imagine, and speech, and basically to communicate. So this is now how I learn of autism. So that's how we, we began our job, by accident. <laughs> All right, um, and so, fella, hey, that was hard. Fella, uh, did you, you know, when, I, I'm, I'm sure you were a child then, so clearly, um, it's hard to say, how did you know? But, like, how did, you know, at, at what point, perhaps, maybe your, your mom has told you, but how did they find out that 
you were autistic and epileptic as well. So, um, my mom had me when she was 19. She got married at 19. Back in the day, that was the thing. You know, University of Nairobi. That was the thing. I don't even know why they did that. But anyway. So, um, as far as they were concerned, I was growing healthily. Back in the day, you know, what do you call it? Um, ultrasound wasn't a thing. You were guessing the sex of the baby. When you're not bigger, take it. That one must be a boy. You know, something like that. So, uh, it felt like it was going on well. It felt like it. Until at some point, um, my mom started really getting sick at 20, 24 weeks. She started getting really, really sick. And uh, when she went to the hospital, which was Pumwani by then, when she goes there, she tells, she explains everything they tell her. There's nothing, nothing in your blood, nothing is showing. Um, she did this a couple of times. Then finally, when she was just there, she was advised by, um, how would you call it, uh, one of the just clinicians that you can see a specialist, but don't see the specialist for you, see for the baby. So she was referred to a neonatologist. That's the baby, that's the doctor for the baby when the baby is inside. <laughs> that's what I learned. So uh, because now she had to go to a private hospital, they did an ultrasound, and the, doc and the doctor was like, the clinician was right, we should, we, it's the baby who's making you sick, it's not you. So the only way they could treat the baby is by removing the baby. Otherwise, the mom, you, you lose your life and your baby. So after going to consult oracles, grandparents, um, <laughs> they agreed that I can come out. So uh, they took me out at 28 weeks. So I was a, uh, I always say, I was a Christmas baby, but I just came in too early. I was supposed to be born sometime in 1991, but I came uh, December 23rd. That was the day I was evicted, December 23rd, uh, 1990. But uh, so when they removed me, they realized uh, I had fluid. Uh, my, my head had fluid in all. Uh, my brain wasn't developing properly. So I was in neocare from 26 weeks until 50 weeks I was in neocare. Um, after that, they said, I should be okay. There's nothing. I should be fine. No. But then when I went home, mom said when I got home, um, I started having seizures. But they all called them febrile seizures. Those ones for babies. Because you have a fever, so it was ignored. Then I looked like I was developing properly. Um, though feeding was an issue, then it got to now talking. I get to nine months, nothing. I don't like being in light, I don't like being touched, I don't like, I was just that one baby that had to live with a house help. And then uh, that is a year, two years, nothing. I'm just doing my own thing. I focus on, I pick something and focus there and nothing else, no conversations, no nothing. My mom said <laughs> I was the worst the worst first one you could ever want. Because no, I was, they were like she couldn't hug me, none of those things. I get to three, three and a half, my mom was like a banana. I come from Kisumu, so you've been taken to sharks enough times, so they can, you know that if that ancestor, Alisema Kitumbaya, you're prayed for and whatever. So they did all of that, and um, finally, 
when the, the last time they took me now to a different, uh, now it was a neurologist, uh, when, he, when I was diagnosed with, uh, to be on the spectrum, but he said, her speech shouldn't be a problem. She will get to talk in time. Don't force it, don't, you just let her go through. That is her way of expressing herself. Don't force the touches, don't force anything, just let her be. And she did that. By this time, I already had another sister, so she was like, oh my God. <laughs> so, but my sister who comes after me, she didn't chop, chop, kabisa. So uh, she was like, yeah, if this, if this is the trend, I'll keep it at two. Just spoiler, we are five. So, <laughs> so by the time I got to four years, when I started school, and I had started talking pole pole, and my mom was encouraged, encouraged to keep me around other kids. And around that time when I was four is also when I was, um, they realized my seizures were not just febrile. I, have, I had something by then called simple partial seizures. These are seizures. See, Kamazel is a TV. These ones were, you could fall, but you're aware. It's just that you can't move. So you are a big rock on the floor. So yeah, let me give you five minutes and you'll be back at it, out of it. So it was, so let me say when I was four is when she figured out, because this was still an emerging field here in Kenya. Because even by then, I think my neurologist who was seeing me then, he was still doing his masters. <laughs> so we they were just figuring it out together. They were taking it step by step, yeah. Interesting. Um, and so did, maybe just before we get to Esther, did the, like, fast forward, yes, fast forward. Did you now continue to develop, because they say, from my research, they say that ASD, uh, autism spectrum disorder, is lifelong and has no cure, uh, depend, no matter where you are in the spectrum. So fast forward, did it um, hinder or affect your life in any way as you get into teenagehood and early adulthood? Yeah. Yes, it did. Okay, first, my parents, let me just tell you about my parents. These are people who say, who always tell us, we get, in this world there are two types of people, leaders and followers, and they never give birth to followers. So, not even for me were they going to bend any room. So I went to what um, we in the spectrum would say, we went to neurotypical schools. That is the normal schools everyone went to. So I had to sit in class with uh, normal people. They're very strange. So um, <laughs> wow. I had to sit in class. And, and you see, as kids, there is the thing of uh, anyone who has a child. You know when kids go to school, maybe they talk to each other here. That's why you're not at home, kill so um, I went to school with normal kids. I had to. My mom said there was no option. Because by then, the only option of school I had in the choices that she was given was Jacaranda. You know Jacaranda school? That was the only option of school that there was. And she went one day and said, no, it's not happening. You'll go to a normal school. You will, uh, because when she took me there, the principal told her she's going to find it really hard to socialize. She's going to have to work three times as hard as other students to understand. 
Because I think something I left out, uh, I am partially deaf on my left ear. That's why when I sing, I remove my shoes most of the time, so that I can feel it. It helps me with feeling. So there, there was that happening, and here I am, I can't socialize, I'm not speaking in class. Yes, by then my speech had come on, but I'm not speaking in class. So my mom told the principal, if she has to work three times as hard, she will work four times as hard, so that she's with other students. It was difficult. Eh, the bullying. <laughs> bullying is real. And then I was in a Catholic school for primary. So bullying was, eh, it was real. And then you became a teenager. And then as a teenager, there are these things happening to other teenagers, but you are developing slowly. You are not where they are. As a 13 year old, I think I was my. Yeah, I was like a 10 year old with, a, with other, or a 9 year old. So I, I was like a child with them, and I was really struggling to be the same as these people. And I'm expected to keep the same grades. And it was, being a teenager was hard. Primary was difficult. High school was better because I think I found my place and I went to a school that um, is very... Oh, by the way, I was at, at the State House Girls High School. Yeah, so uh, that's important to say. Especially for us, it's important to say. This. You know, we have the bad luck of having their school as our brothers. <laughs> so, like, but I made it there. I worked hard to get My mom told me, Akuna, you started this way, you will get there. There's no, I'm not going to find a school for you, but then you take yourself to a school. So I had to work four times as hard to get into a school by myself. But high school was, um, they were a bit more understanding because uh, they would let me go for my uh, therapies without affecting school and stuff like that. And you, I got to make friends that understood. And I think that made it easy. With that, just having that in tow, it just it made primary very dark. But high school, for me, high school was where I thrived. That's why I tried. Awesome. And um, I mean, this good as a blessing over there. Uh, if you were in State House Girls, um, I'm sure they are very happy to hear <laughs> their alumni felt high school was good. Um, but for Esther, for you, and I know once again, it may feel like you're repeating, <laughs> but um, you know, with Morana, she's 10. Yes, 10. So, how has the journey been from the time you recognized that, you know, you were told she's autistic to now, you know, where we, we see this beautiful girl. I absolutely love her dreads and the way she just brightens our days by adding notes to the keyboard. Um, yeah, what, how was the journey so far? Right, so, now we know she has autism and we start the war. I, I call it the madness eh? because and today I'm not just going to give my experience because I've had the chance to talk to other parents and it's better you have the broader experience. So now we are told she has autism and we are put in therapy. Unfortunately, where we were put in therapy I'm even surprised you had a doctor then, fella, eh? because this thing is so new. Like now we only have three speech therapists. The rest saying I do speech therapies, they are not trained at all. 
you need like a million therapists depending on your child. For us, we were lucky, we only needed speech and occupational therapy. Occupational therapy is what will help with the hyperness, with the, you know, you need to calm down. You cannot teach a child that is everywhere, else. their thoughts are not concentrated. So you need to calm them down. Remember, we didn't know our child is hyper. As we knew, Ntotoetutu had a langi. And the dad is not a sleeper, me I'm a sleeper. Anytime at a sign, as a funga macho, but him, he's light. Eh? So I used to tell him, I used to tell him, I used to tell him, I used to tell because this is a child who will be up all night until one, two there, and then by four. Asha amuka. Na siya amuke aketi, ni amuke akimbie, asimame juaviti, arukaruke, we just thought they are clean. So now it's after we are told, try diet, remove the wheat, remove the sugars, remove the milk. Now we start noticing, hiya, kunga, our child is, the answer should have been yes. Is your child hyper? Yes. You know? Now we realize that she had these other challenges. You see, our problem was speech. But now we realize our child had all these other challenges. We realize, see, DNA majani, anachuna, ni, it's hataki kusocialize na watoto wengine. She has sensory issues. She used to remove her clothes. In fact, there is a Christmas she disturbed me and I'm tired, I've been running after this child, the grandparents are running after the child, we just remove her shoes. She had extreme, they call it tactile. It's her sense of touch is too strong. So, so she had to do all these therapies, like walk on grass, walk on sand, walk on stones, all those things. And you see, they are uncomfortable because she's being pushed. So every therapy session was screaming. Some didn't know what to do. And at that point, they were still calling, calling it um, behavior modification and had not realized it's the tactile issue that she has because she would bite she would scream because of this sensory overload. Eh? She would behave that way. So we go to therapy. They want to disturb her so that she can start biting so that they can correct the biting. You get it? Eh? This is the lack of knowledge that we had at that point. So they would even peck her nose so that she's irritated, so that now she starts the biting and the banging so that now they can do behavior correction for the bang. You, you, you see the problem, eh? Yeah. It got so bad. My husband, I hope you one day come and you get to meet him, is a calm man. But that day, he almost got physical, you know, like, Sasa, we can't be doing this and let's go. It was so bad that this child knew the turn to Mothaiga. If you a kid, the child starts screaming during therapy. And we are doing this thrice a week. 
So what happens with this, and not just with me, it takes a toll on the family, it takes a toll on your marriage, everything. It just takes a toll on a lot of things. Remember, we still don't accept our child special needs. It's such a huge thing to do. She's in an ordinary school, the neurotypical school, and she's in playgroup. Anaendanga anakaji kodi kwa maju. Anaenda hiyo shule, anakaa store. Juwapo ndi wako kamu. Ama anakaa office ya headmistress. Matunalipa. You know. And she's on diet. Mimi, I think I learned to cook everything. So if they're having sausages, she can't have sausages because of the preservatives, the wheat. So mimi niko huko, nime roll minced meat, nime ifunga na cling film, nime freeze kiasi, ndiyo niyeke kwa oven kiasi, by the time it defrost either, itatoka kama sausage. I'm doing this in the evening, yani we used to race home with my husband. Literally race home. Tunakimbia home, ndiyo tuanze kupika. Tukanunua minsa, tukanumbuka hezi kula tuzi, broiler, jua tujui kwa nyezi metoka, mimi huyo kushako, nimejenga, 200 uh, shed, I'll be rearing my own chicken for my child. <laughs> the madness, I call it the madness. Oh, this doctor is good. See how, oh no, try this doctor. Woo, Kenyatta, Aga Khan. That is the journey of madness. And this is where now you come in, the rest of you. If it's your sister, your cousin, your try and be supportive so that we feel we can come out. Sai Pia, the judgments, the things that were said. Eh? Oh, they sacrificed their child for money, I'm thinking, and I am here in a friend. <laughs> I, sacri I sacrificed a child for Mingewa <laughs> Huko. I'll be owning Dubai myself, by myself. <laughs> Even if I sacrificed a finger, you know? <laughs> then, such things, oh, wamerogwa, oh, aliyoa kwa wakisi, oh. You know, these things are what kill you, because then who do you turn to? Acceptance comes in stages. Maybe I have accepted. Today I'm okay. Tomorrow I have not accepted this madness. Watch out when it's after Dr. Then to answer, okay, watch out to try diet. Uh, and then, you know, it's back and forth. It's at different stages. What then do we do with this school? Do we move her from this neurotypical school? Do we go to a special school? Therapy is not working for us. Do we look for another therapist? Do we stop therapies? It's just a whole emotional problem, financial problem. And Yani, it just takes God. At the end of the day, when I just look back, I say, it just takes God. And it can't be anything else that saw us through. Because now at that point, you can't even go to church. You know now, you, you guys have met her after long, long sessions of therapy, interactions, and all. So she's calm. I know she's hyper, <laughs> but now this is a very calm version of, of the child. So you can't go 
Yeah, kama tumeketi hivi, asikia kuna matamasi, anajua mtu mstanguza matamasi. And she's very tidy and clean, so atashika nguwe ya kwa. You know, such behaviors. Akisikia eh? you've seen her take people's water. Yeah, anajua hii ni maji na hindi anafaru chukua. So yeah, jali, anajukua. Tukienda restaurant, we're waiting for food. Hina hila meza chipoisha akuja. Chakula ni chakula, asha afieka. So you're closed in, you just retreat. The only option we had them. We've also not accepted we are being judged and all. So we are just closed in. That, that, is, that was really what was horrible and, and really stressful. Yeah, and before we get to how, I mean, as a community or um, we can support, you mentioned, and it was just God. So where was, like, how would you say practically, like, God, where was God in all this? Because you mentioned him, so where was God in all this? Were there times? Of course, I'm sure there are times you had questions, <laughs> but even through that journey of acceptance and the madness, as you said, where was God in all it? Oh, don't judge me. <laughs> no, there's no judgment. By the way, we're not here to judge. I think it was God now. Yeah. Because I look back. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, it was God. But truthfully, at that point. I thought there was no God. Yeah. And if he's there, okay. he's a very careless and horrible, horrible God. That was genuinely my feeling. Because I was like, okay, you know, as in, what is this thing that I did that is so, so, so wrong that I have to be punished this way, you know? And why this child, innocent child? Um, let me take you through an exercise so that you understand what I'm saying. Um, please come. I'm sorry. I've chosen you for a reason. Why? I've chosen you particularly for your dress. Your dress. Eh? Yeah, just stand where people can see your dress. If you're asked, if you're asked today, like, what was she wearing today? What is she wearing? A nice kitenge. Imeishia. Haya. Let me ask a lady. What is she wearing? A flowered dress. Sawa. Hata asita umuza mtu mungine. Sasa wacha ni kwambia vile mora anaona. Now this lady is wearing a blue, orange, with kitenge dress that is long and is not touching the floor. See what I'm It has the orange flowers have lines, black lines and shapes and bows. The blue has inner black lines. Munaziana, black lines and a black sweater, and her braids are different colors, and as in, thank you, you may sit down. Before they see your intestines. Thank you very much. But that's why I've chosen her. To you, you saw a kitenge. Like, her, she's just wearing black and red. That's the best you can say today. But do you know she has like 10 folds on her jacket? You can see them, eh? 
Like when you look forward, anything you can see and mention, she can see it. It's only that your brain has the ability to filter, and I'm sure Fela can tell us how hard it is for her. If she's asked, you know, anything you look forward and can see. I am talking, you all know I spoke, but you can see my fingers, you can see me do this, you can see my lips. If you can see it, it's in your head. And this is how sensory overload works. Now that is the overload. That is one sense. You have five senses and the sixth they are analyze. So now think of your body and how you are feeling. You are going to touch, and this is why her eyes were so sensitive. On your touch, maybe it's on cotton for the t-shirt and jeans person. So it touches different from where you skize to where your inner garments, your underwear is touching with every line and every hem and every stitch. You can feel it, but you don't know. At a baby you don't think your skin your skin works when it's pinched, burnt, or those are you think that is what your skin feels. But right now it can feel. Now smell. Or very unique perfume, but leo yote, I'm a breakfast and you ulipikiwa, I'm a ulipika asubui, but leo yote ujanusa, sasa webe jinuse mwenyewe, ujue ile mafuta ulijipaka, I look the same na ile spray ulijipaka, I look the same na ile star soft ulitumia, na ile dasha unatoa, she can smell all those things. Now that is sense of overload. So do we have done? Now listen. You guys can only hear me today, right now, until this minute. But if you listen carefully, kuna gari na kuruma, tutaskia ndeke, kuna birds, kuna minti and the wind and everything. So this is why this child, what can you do now? Imagine now, well, mezizikia moja 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 moja, now fill them together. Now imagine how these children or these people feel at any given time. And now there is communication. Na anataka tu majiyako. Na unamunyima. Sasa pia yu anafaku process. Yatakuma. You see my point, eh? And it's until I understood this, after reading a lot, that now, I see how to help my child. That this is why she needed this. She could only wear pure cotton tights, bila panty, and a t-shirt. Yeah, cotton. Yani nikinunua nguo nilikuwa na label. Na soma kabisa. Just that. And if you noticed when we started coming here, she would only be in cotton things. Because now she has to orient herself with the sun, with the church, with the so I need to eliminate all these other things so that she only has one problem to deal with. Of course, with the time they have, she has improved it. So that was our biggest problem. How do we deal with the overloads? And what then do we do when she gets these meltdowns? Remember, Akiskia, maybe she's overwhelmed by your dress. She wants to leave. 
and me, I'm thinking, why are you acting up? So you can't manage your service to end the home. Yeah. If you've noticed, I think uh, the, the Sunday school teachers have noticed more. I leave my car open when we are here so that she'll just go to the car. And I know, okay, she wants us to go home now. So it's that bit of communication, imagination. Like I said on Kids Sunday, autism affects imagination. That's why because you your problem is una imagine atarudisha una imagine it's your favorite una imagine they look better than you you know that's why you hear those attachments but she has no imagination at all and she's thinking or it's limited and she's thinking oh they need it you see so it, it has its advantages and disadvantages, but it is that overload that causes them now to behave as they do, which I said, autism now has repetition. Because now if you're hearing all those things, it's the easiest thing to do. Like block that sense from working. That's why they think that this child doesn't hear. That's why when I'm calling them Moram Moram, they can't respond because they've already blocked off that, that sense. It is the easiest thing to do. That's why Badala Ashinde Akiongea Nawatu, Heriakai Kwaile fence, because at least those are like three colors, and she has now gotten used to them, and she can pay attention there as opposed to being with the children who are screaming and playing and pulling and... That's why she said, in lower ages, bullying is a big problem. Like today, I've, my, my other daughter, Jerry, was, came to confirm why the sister doesn't talk. We've been through this a lot. But today, she's asked me very strange. Mom, you told me Mara doesn't speak because she has autism. But so-and-so tells me she doesn't speak because she is sick in the head. I'm like, what? Where did they hear that? She told me the mom told her. <laughs> so that, this is where you come in. And maybe Mora may not be bothered by that. She may not understand that. But her sister now, eh, you know, later at a jewel, but now her sister is also affected by the same problem. This, even as you get what you can do, eh? be careful how you are explaining to the children because this is now what affects how they respond and grow. For her, she arrived in high school and she said because they were understanding. You see, it is that that opened her up. Otherwise, if she continued with the dark primary years, maybe we wouldn't have the lot today. <laughs> Maybe she would not have had the chance to open up. Also, because her parents, maybe, for the parents who hear this, <laughs> her parents pushed her out, opened her. They didn't hide her. You see, as we started by staying indoors, you know, until we decided, you know what, I, our guinea pia were just, we've adjusted enough from stripping everything on the wall and leaving it. Now when I understood the sensory, I had to make the house very comfortable. So Izo Maneno's do the whole entire 
family tree on the wall. I don't know this side, the Maridadi wallpaper <laughs> down. We went with one color tone and, you know, just to reduce these things at home and help her be a little more comfortable. Now we started adding things, you know, here to now. Pocket. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's those adjustments that are really hard and painful and that break up even families a lot. Yeah. But God has been faithful and so kept now you. Now when I look back, yeah. I know without a doubt yes. there is a God in heaven. Amen. <laughs> you know, there is really, really a God in heaven that sees even when I'm thinking, you know what, Imagine if you helped me through that and my truthful, truthful position at that point is there is no God, one, or two, he is a very, very, very bad God, you know. That was the feeling I had and now that I look back, I see that he saw me through a lot of things. Amen. And it's, I mean, the whole point, why I, say, why I ask that question, because it's important, I mean, it's, it's good to be honest and say at that point, um, you know, because even all of us, at some point in our lives, we have really asked God, but are you really there? Um, but, you know, just the way you said, um, you know, did, and it's okay. I think he even understands when, even us, we don't understand him because clearly he is God and we are not. Um, but it's important, you know, the way you said you've looked back, he has provided this far. The fact you can confidently even advocate for such children and the fact that he has given you that grace and that strength to be able to understand morale. And I think even for you to come out of hiding, quote-unquote, um, was still God. Um, God giving you that confidence and that courage. And even our children, they even teach us about Bora. Like, they even the ones who are telling us how to deal with her. We're like, eh, clearly. And it's important because, you know, now they're able to understand that, you know, not everyone is like us. And for Fela. Just before you go, yes, there yes, is one I've accepted to yes. truthfully say how I felt is mostly for those parents that could be getting their diagnosis mm -hmm. or for you who maybe is looking at a relative, a friend, and for you to understand that people actually feel this, and when you feel this, you don't now go jump and or something, that you're not the first one to feel that, and it is normal to feel that, and you can pull yourself out of it. That's the only reason I, yeah. I was so honest about no. it. <laughs> and it's important. And a safe space, of Yes, and a safe space. <laughs> But it's important because now you're able to tell people, you know what, I got through it, so even you can. Um, and thanks for sharing that. It's really important for us to know that. Fela, where was God in all this when you look back um, in this journey, even as you continue with it? Because as you said, it's lifelong. You're living with it, but you know, how, where has God been in all this? So, um, there's something she said. And, um, you know, like it takes a toll on families. On my family, it took a big toll. My parents got divorced uh, when I was 16 because it was too much. Um, 
it was too much for them. You know, they have other kids, and then there is me. And then financially, right now as an adult, I realize how expensive I was, because now I have to take care of insurance. Okay, because we are not insured, it's pre-existing, so we are not insured, so we have to pay out of pocket. And um, one time I was having this discussion with my boyfriend about my finances. <laughs> because you make, you make money, where does it go? I spend 125,000 a month, a month, on meds and uh, therapy. This, are med this is medicine that I can't do without. For me to function, for me to look like I'm normal, I have to have a certain lifestyle and take care of it religiously. I can't miss medicine, I take it three times a day so I can miss any dose, I can't be late for any dose, and all that stuff. And then remember, um, I don't know if Mora is like that, but my immunity was lowered by all these things because we tested every little thing, every theory. See, every time we test something, it leaves something behind. So like for me, um, in terms of food, I have one person, if you invite me to your house, we need to go through a list. Uh, I have a very really bad peanut allergy, babe. I don't know if it's related. <laughs> but I'm those people because food-wise and all that stuff. So if I'm imagining for myself, it's a hand, about, let me say, nothing less than 125. It can go up depending if I've been sick that month, so it can go high. But I'm imagining for my parents, they have five kids. And then there's this one, 125 in our talker. And my mom used to be, by, by the, for the longest time, for 14 years, she was a government worker. So she, you know, maximum she was making was like 12k. Exactly, and the price, yeah, because you see, there are, there are some things like that, because of government, um, I think there's only two medicines that the government now pays taxes for in Kenya, but a lot of them, you get them straight, and only in Nairobi you can get them from like Nairobi Hospital, Pekake. I think I have a tablet that I take three times a day, and one tablet is 250. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, like, I saw how it took a toll on them, and even um, some of the things the way she's talking about, um, in terms of sensory, I, I, therapy and learning to isolate, but not like somebody like me, problem becomes, uh, now that you're an adult, uh, I was in university at some point, um, I, I, I don't know how to read emotions, if you don't say it, so I always look like I don't care. <laughs> no, that is the problem with me. So if you're talking to me and you're telling me your problems and I look like I don't care, I'm hearing. I am hearing. I've learned how to, like, uh, you know, memorize. She said this, don't I go write it down. And even though I, I live with my sisters right now, and, you know, we talk about our day, and then they ask me things like, how did it make you feel? Those are the questions. I, even when I'm talking to somebody, I try uh, emulate those same questions. I can't read between the lines. So me come on and katia, me go and katia. Abstract. I don't take hints. So if you don't want me there, tell me I don't want you here. And we don't take it badly, by the way, because if you don't tell us, it's even worse. Because now suddenly, so I stay here like all that time, and no one said anything. So we cannot read hints. Hints. We don't 
don't take hints, you can't read it. Now, if you don't say it, I will never know. So come on, I depend on So for me, of course, you can tell me now my love language is actions. I, I'm very, I, I'll do it, I will do all that stuff to show that I care. And when it comes to work now, I had to transfer, I had to change some of those things to work for me at work. I'm, a, I'm an intelligence analyst by profession. That is what I do. And that is a profession that has taken one of my weaknesses and turned into a strength. Because, the, because I, I'm, I'm very intu intuitive. I, I see things before, let me say, let me say I see them before they happen. I foresee some very negative, but I foresee it. That's my job, I keep you safe by foreseeing what will happen. So um, that is, it's, it's something on the negative. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, because of high functioning, so much, so many things going on. But I learn to pick out what I need to see when I need to see it. I thrive in that field because you know I, I read people. That is what I do. Because I've been told people look like this when they are this way. So I spend my days looking at people, like how I know Carol does this when she's more mad. Kidogo you know she will do this. I, I like I I, I try pick them out so that I don't have to read in between lines. Like when you're mad, I will know it. And you, I will know you're mad because uh, maybe you are tapping your hands, I'll be like, when I'm going to you my sentence, I So it, it gave me a, a superpower, I call it a superpower. But it's a bad one, especially in a relationship. <laughs> I can see this man. <laughs> No, it's a bad one because you enter a relationship and within the first two weeks, you literally know that person in and out. You, you, you are, you're done, like you're, you, you know everything. I know how they do this. I know <laughs> So there, there's that thing you people call actually, but for me, it's not about that. It's, when I know you, it's easy for me to interact with you. It's easy for me um, to have conversations with you. I know I know how fast you get mad because I've timed it before. So I yeah, I do things like this. What? <laughs> <laughs> but in all this, um, and now going back to your question, how have I seen God? And I think I struggled. I struggled. I have perfect siblings. When you say perfect, these are people, the only sickness on a Patanga Nihoma. So I have perfect siblings. They are athletic, they are gifted, they are, they took no parents. Everything, they took everything. The only thing they didn't take is the brain, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but I have perfect siblings. I look at them and growing up I wanted to be them. I wanted to have their friends because for me, I have friends from kinder, like I keep friends for long. Reason being, I can't form attachments easily. Because yeah. I look like I don't care half the time. So, um, so people, like I have my friends, I can tell you about five friends I came with from the kindergarten we were in together. I have those ones. And then in primary, you know one or two people who are here to you. <laughs> those ones, I have kept them, so I just collect and keep. And then I go to high school where there's these people who I, I became close to because I don't open up, I don't know how to. Me, unless you ask, I won't say. 
So I, I, because I'm thinking, you're not interested, so why? So I, I've seen God in the way he's allowed me to make these lifelong friends. It was hard. Um, at, at some point, I think in, in primary, I was very suicidal because of all the bullying. And uh, I remember my mom, when she came to school, yeah, my mom, yeah, yeah. if you guys meet that woman, I am going to If you she's to us belt, well, you know her beatings were for everyone, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, who, did you do it? Yes. Who saw you do it? Who <laughs> yeah. It didn't matter whether fella wasn't hearing it, you were there. It doesn't matter. So, my mom went to school and I remember she gave them a showdown of, you know, um, you're taking care of my child and if this is happening, because I remember this one time, I hope I won't cry for this one, um, I was in class six and they, they were making so much noise, they were just screaming at me in class and then they locked me in a closet, those broom closets in school. And then I remember, you know, they opened it at some point and then they stuck gum on my hair. I have like long hair, so they stuck gum on my hair at the end and everything. And I was just screaming and crying. So for some reason, my mom came to pick me in school that day earlier. She had to go somewhere. So she gets to class and asks the teacher, where am I? The teacher is not sure. Then one of the other kids said, So my mom went and I was screaming and crying because of all this. My mom gave them a shoulder. And she was like, if you, even if you don't want my child, my child here, KCP and Afania And she will be the reason your school will get on the map. That's what she told them, by the way. So I went home. I didn't go back to school for the year. I just came back to sit for KCP. And I did well. I was the highest student in the school because I had a 426. Thank you. <laughs> but I think it was always God using my mom to strengthen me. Because if it was by her own power, my mom is the last one. She's, I don't care. Okay, one of the siblings, why can you know why? No, she's those ones that. Her voice doesn't really matter in the family, but she was strengthened to be there for me. She was strengthened, even when they, my parents divorced, it was, their divorce wasn't actually what my, my father always was there, every uh, therapy, he took me for every therapy there was. They spoke with my mom about me, it's just that being with Yoyote, he just took away something from their marriage. And I saw this and I, was, I always felt like I was the cause of this. I was the cause of this. I was the cause of this. And when we got to high school, I think form three, uh, in form three, I had a very bad seizure and got into a coma for six months. And look at KCP in the next year. Yeah. Maybe in that coma, I was just like, why? I need to wake up very fast. But, and when that happened, I remember now after I came out of it and I'm in, I'm in recovery, I'm thinking, God, why? Like, I really just want to, I really just want to get on with this, get on with life, you know, do something. Not, I didn't have big dreams by then. And I remember one of my friends, her name is Nambura Mandara. She came to visit me in hospital during the school holidays. Now, she used to come every day. I was at Nairobi Hospital. So they, they live in her upper hill. So she used to come because I'm like, and she, um, you know, like, 
she used to encourage me to some Bible. Look your high school to Bible. You never Bible. You wanna have fun. And she 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 encouraged me. I like you know I I remembered where how I'd grown and where I've come from. And a verse she gave me that's uh, Job 19, 25 to 27. For I know my redeemer lives. Uh, I can't go to my faces. <laughs> I know my redeemer lives, and, and in the end, he'll stand upon the earth. And when my and when my skin is gone, uh, even without my flesh, I will see God with my own two eyes. I will see Him. How my heart is overwhelmed. And I think that is the day I was like, God sees me in this, and He's promised I will see Him after this. And I think from then on, it was just a personal journey. God is just me and you. Because I understood, and I think at that point, even now, I went back to my mom and we started talking about all the social aspects of this. Socially, I'm a, from three, from three I was old, okay? I don't know how old from three, 16, 17, I'm <laughs> So, uh, from three, I was like, that is not your biggest problem. katiana, and then you're going to university, and then you're being told this is what happens in university, and all these things that you're supposed to do. And I'm telling God, I can't do any of these things. I don't know how to. Me, my, my talking is, how are you? I always ask you today or yesterday. You know, I, I want to know, be specific about my, like, what are you asking about? <laughs> and so, so I'm, I'm bringing all these things to God and asking God, please use me. Please use me in whatever way uh, you see fit. Because on my own, I cannot do it. Even my parents, by themselves, they tried. It was not working. It brought them apart. And I asked God to hold my hand and whatever... And, and I think that's what exactly happened to me. Because after high school, I did well, by the way, despite the fact that it cost us six months of school. I did well. I went to university. I was lucky enough to go to university. Upper uh, USIO. So, <laughs> I refused public university. Was not, I was called to Jake, but I said, no, not happening. And cry, all those tears, you cry to your father, and then, and then daddy goes like, this is my baby, we will we'll talk to mom about it. Then mom was like, fine, she paid for USIO. I did my undergrad, I did two of my masters outside, and in all that, and I lived alone, I've lived alone up until COVID. So that's why I came back home. I've lived alone. And in all those times I've lived alone, which is very interesting, I never got seizures. Only because you just need to cook in a family. But that is so true. It is really, really true. Because I when because I, I was in I was in Israel for five years for both my masters. And in those five years, the only time I got a seizure was because of uh, medicine. Because uh, for I don't know if it happens tomorrow, but for me antibi I react to antibiotics. They suppress all my medicine, so that means seizures are, any other infection I get, I'm highly. And my seizures come as a result of overstimulation. That is, that's what I realized was uh, one of the biggest causes. Like when I'm too sad or too happy, so I can't do anything. So my friend, can you buy a kitchen? And I'm just like, thanks. Please do not take it to <laughs> 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 
it's, we can't do that. I, I cannot be too anything. If I walk into a restaurant and I, I try to sit outside in restaurants, because I can smell everything. I can pick out if the onions are burnt a little bit too much. If the, I, I can pick and it gets disgusting. You're trying to eat your food and all you can smell the onions. So it's really that that over thing. And even um, I don't I don't do concerts because of uh, I'm photosensitive. So too much light. And I and I think one of the first things when I came here I was tell the photographer if you have to check my photos, flash is off because flash two three times and I am gone. Because I I pick I get so many. So some, one of the things when I'm about to have when I know a seizure is hapa because hapa at the door. I can smell food that maybe food maybe somebody cooked, a, cooked food an hour ago and there's the lingering smell. I can smell it, I'm like, it's coming. So something that lingers for me, I pick it as uh, whatever. But in all that, God has used me. Despite what has happened, God has used me. It hasn't been easy. Is it 31 years? 31 years. It hasn't been easy in this 31 years. Well, there are some people who will disagree, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, looking back, you, do, you don't realize it's been that many. Because yes. I was saying, like, my sisters, oh, man, they are, they, them, they have, their social life went faster. I have three sisters and all of them are married. They have kids. They have all that. Because I'm going to say, oh, I am, a, I am a mother of two. I am, whatever. I am an aunt of five. So it makes me happy. <laughs> And I'm happy about that. It makes me really happy. I might not get to have the life they have, which is okay. And I think it took me so many years to accept that it might be okay. Because uh, having kids is another story for people like us. That's another... Because remember, we cannot feel extreme. So that when giving birth behind them is the most painful thing. So we cannot feel extreme. So they need to figure out a way for that to happen. And even with seizures, I have gotten got into horrible accidents. I think the most recent one was uh, in 2017. I broke my arm in three places. Actually, I have a, I can only move this one like, what do you call it? I have 45% mobility, because it's metal. So, it was in three places. I was in the house. I was having a good day. We had gone to church, I've come back, I want to take a shower, then we go out with my sisters for lunch. A good day. Then I'm in the bathroom and all I can smell is eggs that were cooked in the morning. And I was like, this is it. So you're trying to get out of the bathroom. You can't because you think you have gotten it, but your everything is stuck. So I fell, uh, I actually managed to get out. Then the, after our bathroom, there are a couple of steps. So I fell down the steps all the way down. I broke my hand in three places. But even then, I was sitting there thinking, God, yet it can't get worse. I'm like, God, it can't get worse than this. God was like, Chill. 2020 comes. I broke my face. I had I broke my face. I should show you the photos. I had a seizure, broke my face, and uh, so they had to do surgery. I've done for I've been done for two. Now there's only one left to put everything in place. But it happens. And in all this, I still ask God, is this how you want to use me? Like a pin cushion. But I'm like, Use me as you may. Last week, I think Esther was telling me, 
um, you know, you're so strong, you're all this. I'm like, my friend, that's the, that's, that's the only way I can be. I can't be anything else. Because if I let what other people think around me, I won't get to where I am. It's not easy for me to get jobs. That's why I'm not employed. I work for myself. It's not easy because no employer wants an employee who can only come two, two times a week because the rest, am I, it's too much. The scene in the office is too much because I once I had to do like a, what do you call it, a psycho, because, because of working in security, you have to do a lot of um, psychology tests. And uh, my analysis, they said I have psychopathic tendencies. <laughs> because I feel nothing. You know, we look at, the, you know, things happen, we go look at the scene and I'm not moved. And I think well, they, they never moved me at that point because I would then I wouldn't be able to do my job. But some employers don't want to hear that. So it forces you to, because I was in unemployment for so long, it forces you to become someone else. You have to become your own person. And that's how I got into consultancy full time. Because that's the only way I could get jobs and work with someone and tell them, this is how I work. So this is how we can function. And I thank God because he's sustained me all, all through. Sijaiko Sakazi. I'm always, and I've always been able to serve God wherever I am. So, and yeah, so I've seen God through his own to talk Oh, wow, wow, wow. Um, I think we need to give a round of applause for Esther and Fela. I could listen to the two of you all day, but clearly some people are stepping, I have, we have really gone overboard, but um, I really do hope that these small segments of their stories have spoken to you in one way or another. One is how we are able to support uh, parents with children with special needs and even support those children um, and Mora, I mean, look at me calling her Mora. Anyway, Mama Mora, yes. Esther um, gave us those practical steps during Children's Sunday and you can get that on the podcast on how we can literally just, you know, support and, you know, and she even gave such a testimony of how she was so just that Mora can just go on stage and nobody bothers. Nobody really cares uh, because we've accepted her. But I think also being able to see that even in your trials, God sees and he can give you the strength. Esther is now Madam Advocate, you know, of children with autism. But at the same time, hearing Fela's story, just seeing her here today is just testimony of God's goodness and how he can take something that you think at that point when you're a child is devastating and doesn't give you you know any hope but he gives you a future and a hope and that we can see through fella so thank you esther thank you fella Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.